Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tesla of Wrestling.com, and I'm joined by John Clark tonight to talk about Monday Night Raw. John, how you doing? Doing pretty good. Pretty good episode of Raw. How about you? Pretty good, all things considered. Uh, an unoffensive episode of Raw, I'll say. I saw someone tweet pretty early on that it wasn't a good episode of Raw, but they weren't angry. So I guess that's a, a step in the right direction. But I think the show kind of got better as we went along in some ways. And in some ways, maybe not so much. But we'll talk about it, obviously. Before we do, just want to remind you all of this show. Like everything we do here at Wrestling is available on any number of streaming platforms, or it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. We've got you covered. So leave a like and subscribe. So, John, let's work backwards here. Let's start with the main event. Kofi Kingston pinned MVP in a tag team match where the New Day faced WWE champion Bobby Lashley and MVP. This was MVP's first match in quite a while. He's been out with an injury. That was kind of the, the, the big story last week when Kingston... Uh, essentially attacked an injured man and uh, when he lost him lying with a trouble in paradise here. This match was supposed to be Bobby Lashley versus Xavier Woods in a singles match. For whatever reason, they changed it to this tag team match, um, which was fine. I thought it was a fun match. And this kind of set up, or that, that, I should say that change kind of set up, uh, you know, the ability for Kofi Kingston to come away with a win that I would say that he, yeah, that he needed kind of on the road to money in the bank here. But, in the end, Kofi Kingston did get that pin on MVP, and he's riding it in Money in the Bank where you'll face Bobby Lashley with a good amount of momentum, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I agree. I think it's uh, interesting that they're running this match right now. And the reason I say that is because we have seen in the past couple of days some announcements come out regarding the return of WWE Touring. Uh, a lot of their live events are featuring this exact match as their main event for the night. So I think it's a good you know trial run to see how you know, how they just their chemistry together, things like that. Uh, the summer is going to see a lot of New Day versus Lashley and MVP. Tonight was kind of the kickstart of that match. I thought it was fine. Uh, Lashley kind of getting – he loses, but he doesn't look weak or he, – he's not hurt in any way. Of course, Kofi just looks a lot better and stronger. Uh, I think we're still on the same consensus before that we're not going to see a title change. But nevertheless, it's an interesting kind of summer feud. Um, I, I I hope I'm right when I say this, but I still don't think this extends past winning the bank. I don't think this is going to be a SummerSlam match or anything. I, I think there's something bigger coming. But uh, nevertheless, we still got at least two more weeks of this feud. Uh, what are your general thoughts on it? And would you agree that it's going to end with Lashley still looking pretty dominant? I do think that Lashley is going to win, and that is one of the downsides of this match. Where you and I have talked about it before, where I I want to see Kingston win. Like I like the idea of Kofi Mania 2.0. You know, kind of history uh, repeating itself, where you know Kofi kind of rides that wave of of you know fan support and momentum. Uh, the promos he's been cutting lately, I've liked that. I've liked them a lot. Where he's saying you know anything's possible, that he's done it before, he can do it again, and he's really like he's just really getting that fan investment. And I think uh, that will really help build the story where when he does lose, it'll be even more you know, saddening, heart, if not heartbreaking, you know, for people that really do want to see him win. Uh, I really do not see, uh, realistically, I should say, that I don't see King Kingston winning. Nesh Chris thinks she wants Kingston to win as well. I would say there are plenty of people that do want to see Kingston win, uh, but realistically, I just don't see it. John, you had mentioned kind of going into SummerSlam here, you know, just the, to me, the fact that Lashley won WrestleMania, the fact that he has held the title up to this point, that they, they, they didn't put it back on Drew, I got to imagine, whatever it may be, they were probably 
planning something at SummerSlam, and I don't know what that might be at this point. We're getting some comments. You had mentioned you don't see his feud extending, but Herman Dakar predicting or maybe uh, suggesting that uh, Xavier Woods could turn on Kofi Kingston at the pay-per-view. Um, and for me, that's kind of the, in some ways, the, the flip side of what I've kind of thought, where for weeks now we've seen MVP saying, that, you know, Kingston doesn't have what it takes anymore, that Kingston uh, isn't a real title contender the way it used to be. So maybe after he loses, he might feel compelled to do something differently and, you know, join forces on VP, but on the flip side here, like Herman is saying, maybe Woods will cost him. Maybe that's one way to kind of get something out of money in the bank. And so even if Lashley moves on to something else, this the story will continue with uh Woods, Kingston, and maybe even having MVP in there as well, while while without having Lashley still uh engaged in this feud. What what do you think about a potential I, I guess I have to say either either one of these guys turning uh as a result of or during this match. Uh, I think it would certainly be interesting. It would make for an intriguing kind of a SummerSlam feud between the two. Um, at this point, with the way things are going, I think it would probably make the most sense if Xavier turned on Kofi to cost him a match of some sort to then also play the heel character in the storyline and Kofi would remain a babyface. That just makes the most sense to me. Weeks ago, I would have said the opposite with the way that those promos are going between Kofi and MVP. But the way things have been going recently, it just makes more sense if uh, Kofi remains as the good guy. But I don't think that's going to happen. I'm not sure where this is going as far as Kofi and Xavier's path after Money in the Bank. I certainly just, like I, we were talking about before, I certainly think that Lashley's prime for something bigger. One can hope that it's possibly Lesnar. We have no indications it might be that. Who knows what else it could be at this point. I mean, honestly, for me, if it's if it's not Lesnar and if it's not Keith Lee, I have I'm 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 at a loss. I have no idea where they could go in such little time here, especially especially with the fact that they're advertising this kind of live event match all summer through August. So to me, it's like Kofi could possibly still be in line for something here. Uh, maybe there's some kind of screwy finish where MVP costs him the match, so then they do like a last man standing match at SummerSlam or a steel cage match or, or something, a special match of that sort. But as far as tonight goes, it was fine. It was okay for story development. It wasn't any like five-star matches or anything. Um, like I saw Luke comment above there, just one more SmackDown and one more Raw, and then we're done with this. Uh, we've already seen that Raw is being recorded for next week. Correct. So I would assume at some point this week we will know what happened at Raw because I assume they're going to do the whole Thunderdome thing again, like a farewell thing. So there's going to be somebody in the Thunderdome that will have the results. So uh, I think we'll know by the end of this week where we're kind of headed uh, come Money in the Bank. Yeah, I mean, that that's how these things kind of tend to go. Um for better or for worse, the, the, the spoiler and Nestor Curtis thinks she doesn't want those spoilers. You know, that's just kind of unfortunately the nature of the business. Stay off these Twitter. Days. <laughs> yeah, stay off Twitter and uh, feel free to come to Real Zone. Just don't click on that that the article of spoilers. But um, yeah, you know, we'll we'll see. And obviously, spoilers aside, yeah, you know, next week, um, I would imagine. You know, I would like, imagine next week's just going to be kind of like an average episode, like this week. They're not going to do anything extraordinarily surprising next week. Don't expect Kofi to turn on Xavier on a raw that's taped three days ahead. Right. So I would just, you know, assume that they're going to just finish their build the money in the bank. 
We've already got a couple, and we've already got three announced matches for Raw next week, and we have an announced match. Let let as we transition, we might as well talk about the tag tag division because we have two announced matches for next week, uh, being the Viking Raiders and AJ Styles Omos are having one on one matches with each other. Then, of course, in two weeks in, in Dallas, the first Raw back with fans. We have a, a finally the tag team championship match that has been known for over a month now when the Viking Raiders won the number one contendership. Um, so, uh, and then obviously tonight we got a little bit of interaction with them while o- Omos and Viking Raiders kind of had their thing. Uh, so let's talk about the. I, I know there wasn't really m- many developments tonight. We had AJ Styles versus Riddle, which wasn't really that. That's kind of not involving the tag division, but. We'll get into that match as well, but talk about first uh, the this tag feud here uh, and this comment here. Do you agree that Viking Raiders are going to win, or what do you think the payoff is here? I still think personally that Styles and Omos aren't dropping these titles until Orton and, and Riddle take them. I would have to agree with that. I'll, I'll start over there. That you know they there. I like the fact that we're getting something here with the tag titles. That this is they're they're showing some. They're, they're relevancy. Something. Yeah, relevancy. There you go. Yes, that that you know, uh, the Viking Raiders are they're, they're distracting Styles. They're going out there and then and getting involved. That this match isn't just kind of randomly thrown together. That's what they did with Elias and Jackson Riker to an extent. Uh, I think that was well, at least a month ago now. Um, you know, whereas this it's a little more sustained. It feels like a more of a, a traditional storyline. Again, the bar is very low, but like that's the kind of thing that I just kind of hope for. Uh, Nesh Curse predicting that the Viking Raiders will win the belts. I mean. I will say, uh, I think the potential for an upset is there. This will be the first Raw with fans back after Money in the Bank. So there could be the potential that WWE would want to do something unexpected, would want just, you know, to go for a big pop like that. The Viking Raiders being a babyface team. I could see, I could connect the dots and see that at the same time. You know, I, I thought back WrestleMania, 1000 almost won the belts. They're going to really need to build up some team very well to be the the duo that beats styles and almost is what you've got styles a former WWE champion and if you're almost this mountain of a man that they've really presented as a really just unstoppable force so no no disrespect to the viking raiders but i i don't think they've really been built up nearly uh to that level uh especially here where i feel like john you mentioned rk bro i see that as more likely um i think this will be a good and, match uh, and the yeah. tease tonight between that possibility, because Riddle indeed faced off against AJ Styles, uh, do you find any, you know, do you find it ironic that kind of they had that match tonight and Styles kicked Riddle in the in the ankle at the beginning promo? It's kind of like they're starting to build towards that where Orton, wherever he may be, we don't we don't know where Orton's been. No but clue. When he does come back, it's almost like you know. Don't mess with Riddle. St- something like that. Do you think they kind of planted the seeds for that tonight with the way they developed that Riddle Styles match and the promo and the things like that? Yeah, I will give the show creative, whatever you want to say, credit where I do feel like that's the direction here. And right now, you know, it was they did. I thought they did. They did it well. This was tonight. It was framed where Styles was upset that Riddle kind of cost him or, or robbed him of the money in the bank spot whether we saw last week with the, tri- the triple threat match where a real got pinned and styles did not um so the, having that kind of as, as the motive here and then you know now styles will not be money in the bank in the, in the match itself and uh then that would kind of set the stage for maybe the road to SummerSlam, uh rk bro challenging for the titles and and kind of maybe having this 
this element of the story in there where you know styles could still have that motivation which is leaps and bounds better than his current problem with the viking raiders being that they're smelly so uh for me i i do like the idea that uh rk bro and styles and almost that feels like a pretty good match for SummerSlam. um you know based on what we've seen for rk bro so far and uh, as like i said a minute ago styles and almost you know the book they they were missing for a while at first for whatever reason but now that they're kind of back as a regular presence on raw you know they are the team to beat obviously so i definitely like the idea of that stephen chambers agreeing that he would like to see that at SummerSlam. slam Dakar, yeah i mean it rk bro has been one of the highlights of raw so whatever randy may be that has been a bummer that he you know we haven't gotten that direct interaction although i do like you know uh, riddle kind of paying tribute to randy and honoring randy by using his moves still so they're keeping it going and i like that and i guess i'm glad that uh i think you and i mentioned a week or two ago some brief tease of descent where like riddle uh kind of qualifying for money in the bank and randy losing i i had to, uh if not worried just kind of wondered if they might kind of you know completely shift course and go with uh rk bro splitting up already but now I, I kind of feel like they actually will go the long game here and have rk bro probably win the tag does like that be would be a cool moment at SummerSlam if they draw it off that long and i think they, they they very well might uh i definitely could definitely see that and just to wrap it up in that sense yeah i thought tonight was a good way to kind of set the stage while also we know that uh in the interim we will see styles and almost versus the viking raiders so i like that and for me those long term or, or longer term kind of things relatively i always like to see that kind of thing so that, that's definitely a strength that i like to see tonight so i got know. the feeling that orton kind of like because remember after wrestlemania we heard that orton was going to be taking some time off for a while and then he didn't yeah. Uh, I feel like with him failing to qualify for, for Money in the Bank, that was him kind of, you know, now he's going to get his month off or whatever. I think we probably won't see him again until after Money in the Bank, uh, which, boy, oh, boy, uh, we might as well talk about Money in the Bank now. Um, I, and this is centered around the opening segment, which was kind of like Ms. TV, all the Money in the Bank qualifiers from Raw. Every year we get this with the qualifiers having a promo. I want to start off by saying, Boy, oh boy, I hope Riddle doesn't win Money in the Bank because to me it would be way too obvious if that's what they're doing. But I thought this opening promo was very good. Riddle did good. Morrison did good. I mean, you might disagree. Maybe you don't. Uh, and even worse than I hope Riddle doesn't win, Drew McIntyre better not win either. Yeah. Um, but br break down the opening segment for us and give me your thoughts on it. I mean, I liked a lot of it. As you said, this was pretty boilerplate. Ms. TV, Ms. The Talker, obviously, brings all the, the raw side of the Money in the Bank. A lot of match out there. Naturally, John Morrison is his right-hand man, so that, that makes that makes sense, obviously. Then you've got uh, Ricochet, John, John Morrison already being there. Um, Drew McIntyre came out as well. And then and Riddle. We, and Riddle, of course. So Riddle made a joke about being high. He climbed over the top of the ladder. I thought that was funny. We've got to start pointing that out. You know, little, little you know, comedy stuff like that. I'm still very undecided about Johnny Drip Drip. Uh, some of the puns, you know, make me laugh. Some of them are just like a little too much. Uh, he called, uh, I think, it was, uh, he called Drew McIntyre a splash hole. Uh, America's moist wanted. You know, like it's just this, this kind of like Riddle on always this fine line of like, yeah, sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's like, oh no, stop. And then at one point, Ricochet started rapping, and I've said it many times before, I really like Ricochet, but they try to make him cool, and it just does not work. And this we've seen this before. 
They've um, just they've did this whole silly thing last year when Otis won, and I just am worried that they're going to do the same thing this year. And I tweeted about this that Riddle will win, and somehow Randy Orton will be like, you know, give me the briefcase, whatever. And Riddle, being that he's devoted to Orton, like worshiping him, would give it to him. On the contrary, though, I could see Drew McIntyre somehow wins because that's just how they do it. Now he gets his moment with fans, and now he's Mr. Money in the Bank. But I, I, I was hopeful that he won't win because of what we saw later on with him in the show. I think they've kind of – we know where he's going with his next few now, I think. So uh, if we're talking about only the Raw side, I can't help but to think Riddle would be the favorite right now. Even though I think there's at least three people on the SmackDown side that are going to be the top three favorites to win this match. I would be very, very surprised if the men's winner did not come from SmackDown. But I thought the opening promo was very entertaining. That was very good. And a, a good way to build up to the show. I mean, I, I'm glad The Miz is still there. The Miz will obviously play some kind of role in the Money in the Bank ladder match. Uh, there's no surprise there that's going to happen. But... Uh, would you agree that on the Raw side, Riddle is kind of that favorite right now? Yeah. And uh, you had mentioned that feels obvious. You know, sometimes WWE does go with that obvious hand. I think for me, the the best example, ironically, will be Drew McIntyre when he won the, the Royal Rumble match. Like that felt very obvious and they did it. Sometimes the most obvious answer is the best one, if not the right one. Um, and for me, I think it's increasingly I have to kind of lean toward Riddle on the Ross side and Biggie on the SmackDown side. I think either one of them makes the most sense. I uh, think that I think the two favors to win the Money in the Bag match are two that haven't even made it into the match yet. I still think as of right now that Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura are the two favorites to win, and they're not even in the match yet. So, but they will probably it, qualify. Okay, we should say just to do preview for SmackDown. Cesaro will face Seth Rollins, Shinsuke or King Nakamura will face Baron Corbin. I have to imagine since well, yeah. Shinsuke's going to get in there. Uh, Cesaro and Rollins is a little more interesting because I could see either one mm -hmm. at least qualifying, if not winning. Yeah. Um, Robert Dave and I are talking about on the SmackDown show. Rollins want to make some sense, you know, getting him back in the world title scene there. It's been been a while, so that could be something Cesaro's already gotten that shot recently. Granted, he lost, and it, it, they didn't overdo it. I mean, it wasn't like a Kevin Owens getting five title shots kind of thing, but they might not want to go right back to that well immediately. Um, it's interesting you say that because uh, in my, my newest edition of the Wrestles and Universal Rankings came out today, and, and in those, uh, I mentioned about Seth Rollins. He's actually number six right now, that he is primed for a big summer. I really do think that he's primed for a big summer. Of course, he's on the SmackDown side of things. I want to address real quick how we were talking about Bobby Lashley. Even though he was off last week, I still I still had him at number two on the list. Uh, I got to be honest with you. Uh, SmackDown dominates the top ten of these rankings uh, when it comes to just, you know, that's just how it works out to me. Uh, McIntyre, he's been getting momentum. He comes, he, he's, he made it back into the top ten, number ten. Uh, I want to talk about Drew McIntyre real quick. We mentioned about him being in Money in the Bank, but he had a match against Jinder Mahal. And I know you thought it was a little bit of a little controversy that they kind of just threw it into Raw. They didn't build it up. They didn't really talk about it. Uh, but it certainly feels like this isn't over between these two. And explain why. There's a lot to dig into here. So 
obviously, uh, for, you know, let's say relatively longer term fans, you know, that Drew McIntyre, Jinder Mahal were stablemates in 3MB, three-man band back in the day. Jinder and Mahal, Drew McIntyre both got fired. Then years later, they both came back and won WWE Championship. There was so much history there. This and, for even, and for even more history, I believe these two came into, uh, it was, it was, this was before NXT, I believe. These two came to Florida together as roommates. All they had were each other. Like, this is real-life stuff here. So there's a lot here. Yeah. And this is a match that Drew McIntyre has talked about in, in interviews, and this is a match that makes a lot of sense in the world. Jinder uh, had been off TV for a while. He was injured. Then he, I think he had a setback from that injury. Then he had another surgery. He was gone for a while. All the while that he was gone, fans, Drew McIntyre, again, in, in those interviews, had kind of kept saying, or, or for, the, for the fans part, speculating, hey, it would make all sense in the world uh, for Drew to face gender, especially, I would say, during Drew, Drew's first WWE Championship run. It made sense. You know, they had a brief uh, 3MB kind of thing with Heath Slater. That was last summer. So then that naturally was made kind of paved the way for that speculation of, okay, you know, maybe we'll get something with gender. Again, John, you just mentioned that, that history there. We didn't get it. We we didn't get it in during that first reign. Drew McIntyre had a second reign with the title. We still didn't get it. Granted, like I mentioned, uh, Jinder had those setbacks. Jinder Mahal came back to Raw maybe like two months ago now. Kind of, meet, I don't want to say meaninglessly, but he, he beat Jeff Hardy. Then he started competing on main event. You know, then he was, you know, off Raw for a couple of weeks. Then he, you know, had a, a brief segment backstage the other week. Uh, all this to say, floating around aimlessly. And then, I, and then I should say, don't sleep on the bump because I think right, right around when he came back, he was like, yeah, you know, Drew McIntyre, uh, he gets all the credit for, you know, for winning the title after he got fired. Like, where's my credit? The bump set this, set up this program, and we we didn't get it until, and then out of the blue, essentially, because that was weeks ago. I remember writing an article yeah. about it. Out of the blue, now tonight, uh, Mahal rides on a motorcycle backstage. First time ever. Okay, sure. Now he's Biker Mahal. I know that people got, um, people. I know plenty of people got kicked out of that. Uh, DJ Cassidy saying Jinder looked like the American badass Undertaker tonight. Um, I thought that was pretty funny. Just okay, sure. Um, and then McIntyre continues to cut these like history teacher like promos tonight. He basically said that he Claymore kicked the Loch Ness monster and and the Loch Ness monsters part of his sword or something. I don't know. I wasn't really listening because I just don't don't care oh my god whatever um but when we got that like we got the mahal riding on the motorcycle kind of a throwaway announcement oh mahal's gonna face drew mcintyre later tonight i was like what you're gonna give us this match cold no build when we, we i just spent like a couple minutes saying they've got all this history all this build uh and it felt like something that could be at the very least you know uh i don't know like a let's say at extreme rules like pay-per-view feud yep. where it's not it's maybe not SummerSlam even but just a pay-per-view feud and then just get throw it on this raw so I, I, coming into this match tonight you know leading into it i was like all right i'm i, I was kind of frustrated i was i was like man we're just getting this out of the blue no build and i i'm not gonna lie during the match literally i thought all right the fact that we're getting this this way i think it, it signals to me that that we're not going to get is a, a significant feud because the fact that gender was gone for a couple of weeks, then he comes back with this semi repackaged biker thing. I'm like, it kind of feels like they don't really have anything for him. He was on main event. They don't really know what they want to do with him. All these things racing in my head. And then it's a good match. They obviously do have that chemistry, that history. And then uh, Veer and Shanky, Mahal's 
goons, if, if you will. Uh, attack McIntyre, it's a DQ. They beat uh, gender, uh, they beat McIntyre down, leave him lying. And then Jinder, for just to, you know, icing on the cake, steals McIntyre's sword. Uh, basically, he said, you took my opportunity to be in Money in the Bank, so I'm, I'm going to take your sword. Didn't care for that part as much. Just was like, you don't need to make it about the object. But this is to say, it does feel like we are actually getting Mahal and McIntyre. So all of this is to say that I didn't exactly love the fact that it was out of the blue, no build, and maybe that was the idea. They're, they're, they're kind of going for that frustration. I don't know. Maybe I give them too much credit. But, John, what, what do you think? Are you, are you happy to, that we're at least getting this now? Yeah, I mean, uh, here's there's two approaches that I see here, and I got to credit somebody in the comments for one of them because I, I saw them suggest it. I was thinking about it earlier, but since they suggested it, I'll go back to it. Um, the first one is this one that do they possibly somehow get Sheamus involved in this and make it for the United States Championship? So we would have Sheamus, we would have uh, Jinder, and we would have McIntyre kind of feuding for that belt. To me... That's fine if they want to do that. But secondly, um, we're obviously going to get this more because of the sword thing. And that's fine. But what makes me happy is that Drew will no longer be in a championship feud. And he's now finally going to be down where he can build somebody else like Jinder Mahal up into a bigger role of the show. Unless, of course, he just goes out and either wins money in the bank or just destroys Jinder Mahal in a match or whatever, whatever's going to happen. But I'm happy that we're getting more of this and it wasn't a one and done thing. We hope, I mean, for all we know, it could be a one and done thing. And the sword thing was just like a, a one-time thing. Who knows? Could be, you know, but I, I feel like we are going to see some more of this. I don't know if they can stretch it all the way to SummerSlam. That is, that might be a little, a little much because I think they could, if they wanted to, I mean, it's just a month. Oh, it's only a month and a half away. Yeah. I just, again, I guess I wish that I, I never like to really sit here and say, oh, they should have done this instead. But if that was the plan, who, who, who better to pick than Jinder Mahal for you when live fans come back to get behind Drew McIntyre and cheer for him than to put him against Jinder Mahal? It's a good point. I mean, I know <laughs> gender gets, you know, maybe some unfair hate or don't you know, they, hinder the gender. Don't hinder the gender, man. I mean, I, I do think this is a good spot for gender. Um, Kind of, in, in, kind of on the flip side, it's it's uh, easy to kind of boo gender, so that's good for Drew. On the flip side, granted, and maybe recently McIntyre hasn't been the hundred percent, you know, everybody loves him, babyface that he maybe had been, but you know, this could be mutually beneficial where people want to cheer for Drew and and people like to boo gender, so I think it could work out like that. So, I depending how crazy they want to get with it, Money in the Bank could be pretty um, packed with shenanigans because you've got the Miz probably, you know interfering somehow for Morrison you've got maybe I would imagine maybe gender uh, could interfere to cost your McIntyre the match kind of you set got, that up you got so, the Usos interfering in the Roman match there's going to be a lot of interference yeah and you know I hopefully won't be too much too much or too overdone but um there are definitely definitely a lot of possibilities there so uh overall I, I am definitely glad that Although I, I was kind of led to believe this was a, a one-off thing, unfortunately. Now I am happy to say it, I would have predicted that we are going to get more of it. So, um, you know, I, I hope that it will be done well. And that, as I said, that both guys will benefit from it because, as I mentioned, and as you would mentioned too, all that history makes it easy to tell a good story. Now it's going to end up in his hands to do it. So, you know. Now, 
is a good transition. You want to talk about live audience and reactions uh, to to give Drew a good reaction. Let's talk about this: the fact that live fans are coming back, and we're going to have a match between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. Uh, I feel like they're both going to get like neutral reactions at this point, or like just both get booed. I I don't really know. I feel like the general consensus is that Rhea should still be cheered and Charlotte should still be booed. So I feel like that's probably what will happen. But the the way it's happened the past couple weeks, and then tonight we get the promo where Rhea is so easily looked to be a bad guy, like mocking Charlotte, and then they both end up, you know, kicking each other's crutches and then having a crutch war. And what did you think about this whole thing? I mean, going for the comments here, Michael Ken saying they're all booking for women so terrible. And and this segment was definitely made it makes it hard to disagree. I mean, you've, you've got this crutch fight that, you know, instantly people are making fun of because it's like half sword fight, half life, uh, lightsaber thing. Um, and even just from a, from a general um, more of just the, the literal what we saw and not even like making fun of it, but from a more of a motive kind of standpoint. Charlotte comes out with the, with the idea that she's going to give a medical update um, after she, Ripley attacked her last week. Fine, probably fake injury or whatever, you know, whatever. And then, you know, you, you can kind of understand that or whatever. And then Ripley comes out also with a crutch, really hamming it up, really like limping and being a little ridiculous. Um, John, I think you would tweet about it. That, like, they're making it so easy to, to hate Ripley. And then I responded that it's they're making it hard to like her. You know, stuff like this, stuff we've seen in recent weeks. Uh, and you mentioned, you know, yeah, like we should be cheering Ripley because she is against Flair. And Flair is obviously the, the big heel here. But they're definitely not positioning uh, Ripley in, as a genuinely likable babyface or, or as a cool, badass babyface. Like, I, well, I don't know what they're really going for, but it, it's not working, uh, at least not for me. Um, not to no, 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 that's no knock on Ripley. I think she's obviously very talented. Uh, I, I thought she was great in NXT. Uh, and I'm, I'm definitely not saying it's, it's, it's too late to salvage this run and her, her title reign. Um, not saying that at all, but they just got to kind of figure this out here because, yeah, we're going to get, we're going to get this money in the bank. Um, and, and I, I feel, I feel bad for that live crowd because, like, I'm like, I don't know. Who are you supposed to cheer? Like, how are you supposed to react? At this point, here? since I mean, obviously, since I will be at Money in the Bank, so I'll, I'll have to react somehow to this. Um, I don't think I'm going to cheer for either of them. I think I'm just going to go with the flow and see what everybody else is doing. Um, if I'm being honest, I mean, on a personal level, I, I want to see Charlotte win. I know a lot of people don't, but I just think that Rhea, it, 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 this was, and this wasn't an experiment, but I'm saying it anyway. This title run was a failed experiment. It didn't work. They just didn't book it the right way. She needs to lose it, maybe win it back at SummerSlam and kind of get a refresh. So, And plus, they want to build up Charlotte's numbers a little more, so why not make it 13 and have her drop it a month later? She's got to do it somehow, and, and I think I think we've seen that with I don't know, Randy Orton's had plenty of short reigns just to kind of get those numbers up. Um, and obviously, I think that the day will come that Flair, Charlotte Flair will have the the ultimate record of a world title reign. So I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that uh, what I was saying about the, the Raw tag team title match earlier in the show, I think Money in the Bank is definitely going to be a, a show that will be ripe for title changes. Not to say that they will happen. I think it's just a, a situation that they 
are maybe more likely than them but otherwise where not just the it's not gonna be a thunderdome show you're gonna have the the ability to have fans react whether it's for a baby face kind of getting a surprising win or in this case charlotte flair you know getting the 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 taking the title from the presumed baby face and john i think you and i talked about it last week like if it is a street between two people that aren't traditional baby faces heels that's fine but i i want more i just want more i want like more complexity or more reasons to like both characters or more reasons to dislike both but instead it's like charlotte's obviously the heel and ripley's being positioned as this hard to like baby face like and and not even in a you know like peak john cena kind of way you know no like just the, it's literally just the way she's being booked i just don't really care for it so i do like the idea that she could uh short could win the title here uh and then, then summer slam as stephen chambers here not it would not be surprising to see uh ripley face charlotte again uh and presumably maybe they they, they do trade the title like that so uh yeah man, i i that this crutch thing was not great. The comment I mentioned earlier, the raw booking tonight for the women's division, uh, not the best. I, and I will say, I was glad to see the women's division get some time uh, beyond this this uh, crutch segment. We did see an eight woman tag team match. It was uh, Nikki Cross or or Ash, whatever however you want to say, yeah. uh, and Oscar Naomi and Alexa Bliss versus uh, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, uh, Eve Marie, and Dewdrop, if you will. Um, I will say this was interesting in the sense that Bliss, obviously, we know that she's a heel. She's this mysterious uh, supernatural character. Well, she was on the technical good guy team of, of the two. So interesting kind of thing there. I mentioned it before. I really do want to see some more acknowledgement of the history of Cross and Bliss. I think there's definitely, definitely something there, especially with cross having this new superhero gimmick that i'm still not really sold on uh, i think they're it's a little too on the nose for me and i think if they're trying to be funny like that's fine but again i have set up i think last week maybe the week before when they introduced it i love comic books i love superheroes that's not the problem at all it's not like i'm saying oh like i don't like this it's too nerdy no like that's not i i, I the hurricane great example of a superhero character this is just like i don't know like i think i think on the nose is a good description but you know it's a, it's kind of funny that Nikki Cross comes in, she's got some new character, and she loses Nijax Pinzer. And it's I was like, almost a superhero indeed. Like she's not quite a superhero because a superhero could have won that one. Um, I don't know. I I and we we could talk about the woman's man make match now. Uh, Alexa Bliss was saying to um, Naomi and Asuka, like, oh, you, you better lower your expectations because I'm the one money in the bank. And uh, we know Nick, uh, Nikki Cross will be in there. We know that Asuka has uh, qualified as well. Naomi and um, uh, Bliss as well. And I think over on SmackDown, we, can, we, we know the couple of people have qualified there. But for Raw, I think Bliss remains a pretty solid favorite, I would say. I don't think it's going to be Asuka. Naomi... <laughs> Me, I maybe cross makes some sense, and we saw several comments before uh calling for a Liv Morgan victory. I think that makes sense for this one. I guess even, maybe both because and despite of SmackDown's uh lack of depth in the women's vision, I think one of the women on the SmackDown side maybe needs this one more than Raw. Because I mentioned last week, Bliss can pretty, pretty easily get a title shot anyway. Whereas on SmackDown, I feel like someone kind of needs the, the briefcase to get a title shot. Well, but what, 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 what do you think? Does someone on Raw send out to you at this point? Uh, yeah. So I think that because SmackDown is kind of a shoe in for me to win the men's side, I think 
in that event, Raw will probably win the women's side. And Alexa Bliss is the one that immediately pops out in my mind. Uh, I just can't see them giving Nikki Cross the briefcase with this gimmick. I just, I don't know. I think that would be a real risk. Uh, Naomi just hasn't been relevant enough to really win it, I don't think. And then, of course, Oscar uh, just won, so I don't think she's going to win. But I would agree that I think uh, Liv Morgan for sure is who I want to see win. But if not, I would probably pick Alexa Bliss just because she's a safe choice. Um, she would look good with the briefcase. She would cash in at a smart time. She would use her supernatural powers or whatever that may be to, to make it look good. And who knows, you know, and while I, none of this, does any of this really matter being that we're going to have a draft and they're going to even this out in the end anyway. Yeah. So if two people from SmackDown win it right now, I guess it's not really a big deal. Uh, I do think a lot. And, and here's the thing about the shakeups. It doesn't make sense if you take everybody from Raw and put them to SmackDown and everybody from the SmackDown and put them to Raw because it's the same people. Right. So I think it is going to be kind of a refresh. They're going to try to go 50-50 if they can here and giving fresh new divisions. But uh, Alexa Bliss is right now my pick overall, uh, not just on the Raw side, but overall I think she's a good favorite to win. And the women's division itself on Raw has looked a little better with Dewdrop and Eva Marie just because there's more numbers there. Naomi being featured more. Of course, Nikki Cross has been going up the charts on my top 25. She's up to 21 this week. Very good for her. And, of course, Alexa Bliss is up there at number 12. She has went up very high. Uh, uh, just for her being the favorite to win Money in the Bank, relevancy, winning, dominant on the show, um, I really do think she has a very good chance to win. So, yeah, women's division on Raw right now is looking pretty good. Yeah. And uh, like I, I like the idea of Bliss winning. Like I said, I do think she might, you know, that she doesn't necessarily need that briefcase to get a title shot. I think maybe if we don't get uh, Flay and Ripley again, they could probably, depending how the cards fall with anybody like Becky Lynch or other stars returning for SummerSlam, if maybe those, some of those names go go to SmackDown, uh, then, you know, Bliss might slot in as Raw's, you know, best title uh, program for SummerSlam in the event that it's not Flame Ripley again. So, um, but we got several comments predicting that Zelina Vega might be a, a contender, win, contender to win as well over on the SmackDown side of things. I mean, I think that would make some sense, but at the same time, Robert and I were talking about this on SmackDown show, you know, she lost on her first night back. And even then, uh, based on what we've seen from her before in WWE as an in-ring performer, that would be a pretty, uh, pretty you know, steep, like, increase of like going from losing to Monica Belair once she was on raw last year to uh you know all of us like kind of all of a sudden winning money in the bank so uh, I would definitely think that maybe Liv Morgan maybe Alexa Bliss uh being two of the the top favorites there I like this comment from Michael Covington saying that the Bliss team tonight looked like the Teen Titans and Naomi was wearing colorful gear and Oscar was wearing colorful gear and you know there was definitely a fun uh fun visual experience kind of felt like a trip in a weird way but i would agree uh most we talked about eve marie piper nevin or or do drop if you will um has added depth to the, to the robins vision and i think it's been better in that sense but then again you got a segment like this this crutch fight with the ripley and flair and it's all i guess it's all kind of a wash so speaking of which you know there there was stuff to like on raw tonight there's some stuff not to really like uh pretty much a throwaway segment but what you know noteworthy or at least worth bringing up nonetheless jackson Riker and r-truth teamed up to face elias and cedric alexander and uh the, right before the bell rang the 24 7 
scene, if you will. Akira Tozawa, the champion, ran to the ring. Truth almost rolled him up. He escaped. The locker room chased him. A scene that had Humberto Carrillo chasing him, who's getting a United States Championship match next week. Yep. Yep. I've literally, they literally, I feel like they just say, okay, anyone who's not booked for tonight or whoever, just like run out there just, just so it looks like a bigger crowd when kind of a, maybe a, a pretty big oversight. Like, oh no, this guy is going to be an entitlement next week. Maybe we shouldn't have him in this looking like, like a this. joker. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but Truth, I like this choice though. Truth abandoned this match with Riker, this meaningless match, ran to the back to chase his quote unquote baby because he, he obviously he's been the champion more than 50 times. That's his belt. I, I, I That's pretty fair to say. So he, he ran to the back to get that belt. And then when the match, so then Riker uh, was facing a, a, a handicap match. And then Elias didn't want any of it. So he left Cedric Alexander to. He was in. fed to Jackson Riker. Yeah. I mean, I will say, John, I think wow. you and I talked about it when the Hurt Business split up. I thought that uh, that this that the Hurt Business splitting up would not bode well for Alexander, but instead he had a, a mini feud with uh, with Jeff Hardy. He's been kind of featured pretty regularly. So, I mean, I'm glad I was wrong about that, but then he, he definitely deserved better than this, where it's getting fed kind of meaninglessly to Jackson Riker like this. Obviously, we've talked about it before, they are clearly moving forward with the idea that uh, Jackson Riker is a a baby face on Raw. We'll find they, out they, in two weeks. Yeah, uh, John, you've brought, you've brought watch, that up. Watch that. Watch them. Just keep him off TV for like a couple weeks when fans come back, just because they like. I could see, you know, you know, honestly, this is what I think is going to happen. They're going to have him wrestle like in main event a couple weeks just to see what their reaction is, not on Raw, and then yeah. they'll decide from there. I could see it. You know, they they are definitely in the situation where I think. Although it is worth mentioning, there are plenty of people that have some concerns behind the scenes, whether it's, you know, Riddle has has some question marks from his past, all these things. They don't always determine the response ones that they get, but at the same time, it does kind of feel like Jackson Riker, you know, he, he probably might may not get the response that we would want him to get uh, in front of a live crowd. Uh, Luke Goddess was calling it a rude awakening. Um, I think it might unless, be. That, unless that's in response to something else, but it's fitting. I think it could be a rude awakening for Riker and for WWE um, where, you know, they, he might not get that response. So otherwise here, one of the more notable things here was a final, we did get a match between Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. And I, I tweeted about it during the show. I think raw is at its best when there are meaningful undercard uh, feuds like this. We've seen kind of this ongoing storyline with uh, Mansoor and Mustafa Ali. Um, where you know Mansoor is kind of under Mustafa's wing, but also Mustafa betrayed him during the Battle Royale. Uh, I think that was uh, last week. So you know, kind of this interesting gray area of a relationship. They finally had a match this week, and Mustafa kind of uh, stole the win. He rolled up Mansoor when uh, Mansoor tried to kind of help him out of the ropes, and he kind of said, "Hey, you know, you got to think over your head, not your heart." He kind of took advantage of uh, the Mansoor being innocent like that. So. It's a small thing, but logical storytelling makes sense. It feels like we're in a, it's, we're going to keep going with it, so I like it. Um, you know, pretty pretty. You know, not much more to say about it, but just it's a it's a it's good to have this meaningful story in a in a lower card program because then that helps the whole the more of the show feel important rather than like a throwaway match. Well, what what do you think about this ongoing storyline with Mansoor and Mustafa Ali? Uh... I think it's fine. Uh, it's interesting. I think ultimately what's happening here is Ali is turning uh, Monsoor into a heel, and they're going to be a tag team together as bad guys. 
not really much else to say other than that. I, I didn't see anything else between these two that was out of the ordinary that we haven't kind of already seen the past couple of weeks. Yeah. You know, but I, I do think that maybe in the the long term here, uh, or not I, not long term, I just mean maybe the next month ish or, or so, this could kind of help uh, Mansoor establish himself on Monday Night Raw here. So I think that could be beneficial, and it's still giving Mustafa you know some some screen time uh, in a, in a post retribution world. So I think that is something you know to kind of celebrate in that sense. Uh, one more comment here. Actually, let's wait the show, then we'll address a comment from DJ Cassier in the comments. John, scale of one to ten, what, what would you rate Raw tonight? Uh, tonight we're going to go with, uh, 6.75. Why not higher? Uh, Why not lower? So, I mean, it was okay. I don't think there was anything as far as in-ring action that really stood out or was really extraordinarily. Uh, we definitely took a, a big uphill climb the past couple weeks. And then the, like the last maybe one or two weeks has kind of evened out and started to go a little bit back down as far as entertainment value, but fans coming back. Only have to rate one more Raw with no fans. Uh, and then two weeks from tonight when we're talking about Raw, I'll just be coming home from a flight from Texas, money in the bank. So, Yeah, man, it's a good, it's a good time. What about you? Uh, but just to say, we're very much on that precipice of live fans turning. So uh, maybe that's why I'm, I'm a little more forgiving, where it's just, you know that we're so close and that you we're not so stuck in the Thunderdome era where it's like you just know that right around the corner is that return to live fans and maybe naively hoping that'll be uh, motivation for WWE to quote unquote do better in, in some ways or, or do things differently than they have been. So um, I, I'll, I'll read some comments. Man, here. everybody's in the middle of the road here. Five, 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 four, nope. six. We, <laughs> we got Herman Dakar with a five. DJ Cassie with a 5.5. Dan Greyhouse with a 5.5. Kevin Taylor with a 5.2. Nando with a 5.9. Stephen Taylor with a six. Uh, Michael Kent with a seven, Nesh Chris with a seven, or Michael Kent with a four, and Nesh Chris with a seven as well. And Laura Rock with a 5.7. Yeah, lots of people, people middle on the road for me. I mean, I, I like, I, again, that, I come back to the comment where it wasn't a great Raw. It wasn't a bad Raw. I'm not coming out of the show feeling angry. Like I said, I, 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 if they had done something very much like a throwaway with McIntyre and Mahal, I'd be more upset. But I do feel like where I'd get more of that. So hard to be too upset overall i mean i like I'm, I'm glad we got that that clean ending of kingston pinning mvp to kind of give him momentum there's plenty of other stuff to like as well uh john you, you had mentioned before uh with riddle the planet seeds for uh that feud potentially with uh styles and almost so i would say for me you know maybe a, a too generous 6.9 you know matches were good i like some of the things we saw tonight uh the way that we're kind of gearing up for money in the bank and beyond here so you know, yeah, some stuff didn't really care for the the Ripley Flair thing was not good. Um, the the Riker match as well didn't really care for that, but I don't want to knock the show too too much for some of the things that I didn't like. So I did like the, the those other things. So I definitely uh, definitely like the show in that sense. And you know, like I said, hard to be too upset about it. But lastly, here what DJ has been asking throughout the show. Pitching the idea of a tag team Money in the Bank lottery match, saying it would be a good way to show off the tag division on, on all brands and maybe get people interested in uh, a number one contender match rather than, you know, just traditional two, team versus team or about a while or whatever. Um, for me, I think someone said it in the comments earlier, but uh, the problem is they don't have that maybe, or at least on the main roster, there's not really enough quality tag teams, especially based on just the, like Lugasar would say about the booking. We saw 
some depth depth tonight. It was T, but we saw T Bar and Megas. We saw Lucha House Party. Uh, we know obviously how the Viking Raiders on SmackDown. We've got a couple teams as well, but it'd be hard to really have a, a worthwhile uh, Money in the Bank Lada match. I mean, it's doable. We did see they had in an Elimination Chamber uh, tag team match. I think that was 2020s, and that they've done that in the past as well. So it's not crazy. It's not like out of the question. But for me, I, maybe that's one reason that they really haven't. Where um, I don't know, and and maybe they don't they don't, they don't feel the need to because they're already, if you're already doing the men's money in the bank match, the women's money in the bank match, you know, then it's like you know the point of d- diminishing returns. So then if you do a tag team one as well, then that kind of brings the other, the other two down. And I feel like that's already kind of a problem when you've, when you've got two a uh, lot of matches like that on the show as it is. Um, that does kind of maybe dilute them in some way because when it was just one on the show. Then, you know, it felt a little more special, but that's a conversation for another day. But that's kind of what I think. John, uh, just to close up here, what would you really think of a potential uh, tag team Money in the Bank match? It's not something that I'm interested in. I think the 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 two, it's always like those championship matches where like you have to grab both to win. So what if one grabs one and one grabs the other? There's too many shenanigans I would see happening here. Uh, and then if you had eight teams at 16 people, realistically, you'd only have to have, you'd only be able to have like four teams in this match, unless you were going to have one where like one person represented their team. But at that point, I just don't see the point. Yeah, I would agree. So I, I think that it's a, it's an interesting idea. I think it's something that could be fun in some ways, but at the same time, like Johnny just mentioned, maybe some of the, the logistical things, both from a tag team depth standpoint and maybe from a little bit of the number standpoint, you know, when you have, if you're going with two people on a team that can quickly get kind of out of hand so i think it's interesting but uh maybe maybe it's more trouble than it's worth so uh, in the meantime john you and i are back here on tuesday night to talk about nxt the great american bash i think that'll be a very fun show um in honor of the the holiday weekend um you know great american bash obviously just a fun uh i don't know a, a fun you know throwback pay-per-view like that um and you know Johnny and I talk about every week on NXT. Michael Kent wondering about whether SmackDown could benefit from any number of people on NXT to help the, that lack of depth we were talking about before. Uh, maybe any number of people that we saw uh, that, we, that we see on NXT could get called up to the main roster. But it's going to be a fun show tomorrow. I'm definitely looking forward to it. And obviously, we'll be here to talk about it. Uh, I wrote up an article during Raw where there was a report about the battery charging vignette. There's there's one name <laughs> in NXT that you probably would not be surprised uh, might be behind that name. I don't want to spoil it here, but check it out if you do, if you do want to spoil it. Now, obviously, I think we might find out tomorrow, maybe, hopefully, uh, who that might be. But uh, in the meantime, it'll be a very fun show. Looking forward to it. Going to be some good matches. Going to be a very... Uh, Worth, worthwhile noteworthy show and obviously uh, we'll be here to talk about that otherwise the dynamite dudes of attitude talk about AEW, and they also do wcw written for fun facebook and stuff robert Dave fleece and i talk about friday night smackdown and we've also got a great stream of, of interviews interviews constantly coming to you guys bill pritchard, pritchard recently interviewed weston blake former was wesley blake uh, all these things uh, our own dominic d'angelo interviewed the fonz which is crazy you know, that'll be coming out this week as well. So make sure to leave a like and subscribe. All those platforms I mentioned, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be, we've got you covered. So leave a like and subscribe. Remember, we are oh so close to the return of relative norm- normalcy here with fans coming back. John, you'll be there to enjoy it in person. But in the meantime, just about one more week here uh, until we are in that uh, relative normalcy. And, and no matter what, whether, whether fans are there or not, it's important to do one thing above all others. And John, can you tell me what that is? 
Sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. You're darn right. Thanks for listening, everybody.